Okay, page 94. And as usual, we begin with our first question. What have you heard, what have you heard promoted as the next fountain of youth? Anybody hear that recently? People are always talking about wanting to live longer. What is the latest trend that has been floating around about what the next fountain of youth is? Is it some... I get a lot of health and nutrition feeds on my cell phone. Mm -hmm. And um, there are a lot of natural supplements being touted as doing that. And they have, you know, anecdotal evidence and all that. Some have studies. So there's a whole lot out there. Yeah. But I, I can't even give you the names of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everybody wants to live longer. I just don't have any television sets. These things cure everything other than this. <laughs> okay, let's look at Bible meets life. All the things uh, we would do to live longer. We all know that a healthy diet and exercise improve our bodies and therefore help us live longer. Beyond that, though, researchers have discovered a few more things that might increase your lifespan. One, live on top of a mountain. Hmm. It may be because of the clean mountain air or because half of your walking is uphill, but people who live at high altitudes live longer. Two, live, learn a new language. Studies have shown that being able to speak multiple languages slows the onset of two fatal diseases, dementia and Alzheimer's. Three, live on reduced calorie, live on a re reduced calorie diet. One of the longest living people groups limits their daily intake to about 1,200 calories a day. Then work harder. Serious and persistent workers tend to live longer than carefree employees. You could try all these. Eat sparingly while living on a mountain where you work hard to earn to learn a new language. And while you might increase your lifespan, you can be sure you're still going to die. Jesus told us that the only way not to die is to believe in and follow him. And he made that possible when he rose from the dead. So everybody wants to live longer, and many scientists are convinced that science holds secrets we can unlock that will never, that will move our lifespan well beyond 120 years. That would be impressive, but even with our best efforts, we'll still die. Jesus said something that is difficult for those driven solely by the natural world to accept. We can never, we can live forever. That possibility has nothing to do with science or healthy living. Eternal life is possible because Jesus died and rose again. That's why it's possible. Okay, let's look at, um, before we look at that verse, you need to be reminded that no matter how many healthy hints we follow, the truth is we're all going to die. Let that sink. Jesus told us the only way to not die is to believe in him and follow him, and he made it possible again by being rose from the dead. Okay, so we want to, we want to let that, that sink in. 
Let's look at uh, the point. What is the point? The resurrection of Jesus makes our own resurrection possible. Right. Remember the Bible says he's the first fruits of the resurrection. Okay, so his resurrection makes our resurrection possible. Okay, uh, we have a couple of, we're not going to get into all these passages because of our limited time today, but uh, let's look at the first one, John uh, chapter 11, verses 25 to 27. Uh, who want to take that first one? Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me Jesus into our life is the word 
visible means far more than acknowledging something the Uber carries, the idea of placing our confidence and trust in that which we believe. In this context, we are, we are to believe in Jesus. This way, the truth of Jesus as resurrection calls for a response. Jesus asked Martha, do you believe this? She affirmed her belief and trust in Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God, who comes into the world. She had seen his word and heard his him teach. Now she came to the only possible conclusion, Jesus is the Messiah. And John recorded many of Jesus' teachings and miracles, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, Okay, so we notice a couple of uh, events that led up to this experience that we just read about. Uh, Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus telling him that their brother Lazarus was sick. All right, we see in, in verses 1 to 3. But did Jesus respond immediately? No. no. How long did he wait? Right, he stayed. Uh, Jesus delayed going to Bethany. When he chose to make the journey to his disciples, Lazarus was already dead, dead right? And uh, um, by that time Jesus arrived, uh, they had already, he had been buried for how long? Four days, right? So you can imagine the state or the condition that the body must have been at that, at that time. Okay, Martha said, said, if Jesus had come sooner, her brother would not have died, right? Uh, notice Jesus' statement, I am the resurrection and the life. And that statement carried the great claim of deity, who he was. Implied in this statement is the truth that Jesus is the one true God. Jesus said he is the resurrection. For the believer, death is not the end of life. The physical body will die, no doubt. But for those who believe in Jesus, they will remain spiritually alive in Christ. And that's why we often say when a beloved goes on to eternity, we said, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Brother Randy, before you go a little further, mm -hmm. this might be a important thing about One thing about Lars, he didn't decay. He started to. Mm -hmm. The principal thought is, when Jesus, when he came out of the grave, he walked. Mm -hmm. And they said, do sin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So a dead man, I mean a, a decaying man, is that called the undertaker? Remember, that's a miracle. <laughs> that was a miracle. So therefore, Jesus had it preserved. Jesus himself preserved it. Mm -hmm. Or it's right. Well, just as in the other miracles, it just, this was just a complete miracle. Mm -hmm. Jesus still was the undertaker. <laughs> Whatever the process of death was at that point, the miracle changed everything. Yes. The miracle changed everything. Okay, let's look at the next question as we move along. Uh, question number two. What does it mean to believe in Jesus as the resurrection and the life? What does it mean? Anybody? Hmm? It means hope, right? Doesn't it mean hope? Yes. What else does it mean? Faith and belief. 
Well, exactly what Jesus said. Though he, he dies, yet shall he live. Right? So it, it means hope beyond this life. Hope beyond the grave. Okay, the next passage we have is uh, verses 24 to 25. Who want to take that one? The time is called twin. One of the twelve was not with him when Jesus came. So the other disciples were telling him, We've seen the Lord. But he said to them, If I don't see the mark of the nails of his hands, put my finger into the mark of the nails, and put my hand into the side, I will never believe. Yeah, go on. The resurrection can be a difficult reality to grasp. It's hard to think that 2,000 years ago a man loved us enough to give his life for us. And it seems even more fantastic that he would come back to life. Yet that, yet that very truth, the resurrection, the resurrection of Christ, is the cornerstone of our, of our whole belief system. No other religion can claim the resurrection. It is, a, it is uniquely ours. Can other religions claim death? Sure, every religion can point to their founder's death, but only Jesus died and came back to life. Only Jesus walked out of his tomb in his restored fleshly body after it had been physically destroyed. Only Jesus was resurrected. Only Jesus is the resurrection. The disciples had no doubt Jesus died. The sole duty of a Roman soldier assigned to a crucifixion was to ensure the victim was dead. <clears throat> Should a criminal escape death, the soldier paid with his own life. The women saw where Jesus was buried, so there was no question they went to the right tomb, which was empty. And now the disciples had seen Jesus alive. The resurrection was surely a hard reality for the disciples to believe at first, considering the shock of Jesus' death. Yet here, he stood in the front of the disciples. Somebody else want to go on? Yeah, someone want to take the other part, um, portion? Except Thomas. John did not tell us why Thomas was not with his fellow disciples, but he did give us Thomas's reaction to the news. Thomas, most likely in awe and confusion, demanded to see Jesus' scars and wounds before he would believe. This is where we get the phrase, doubting Thomas, an unfair distinction for Thomas. He wasn't the only one who doubted. The other 10 disciples initially refused to believe as well. Thomas merely wanted the same reassurance of seeing the mark of the nails in his hands, just like the others had seen when they first saw Jesus. It's hard to believe without seeing. We're not all that different from Thomas. It's far easier to believe when evidence and proof are right in front of us. The Christian life is one of faith, but that faith has to be grounded in something solid. Otherwise, it's just blind faith something we simply hope might be true. Faith is only as good as its foundation. Consider the last time you sat in a chair. You probably didn't give a second thought to sitting on it. 
you had an inherent faith the chair would support your weight. But that faith was based on previous experiences with chairs or a confidence in the one who built or offered you a chair. The action of sitting implies a faith, a trust, that it will support you. So how can we have faith in the reality of the resurrection? Like Thomas, up to this point, we haven't seen the physical, resurrected body of Jesus. Thankfully, God has given us ways to believe and trust with confidence. He did that for Thomas, and he has done it for us. Amen. Question number three. What obstacles often hinder people from believing the resurrection of Jesus? What obstacles? Uh, plenty of time. Hmm? Plenty of time. Plenty of time, okay. Okay. Anyone else? What obstacles? People don't necessarily believe people come back from the dead, do they? Yeah. Right. Okay, major obstacle. <laughs> okay, moving along quickly. The next passage we have is 26 to 29. Let me read that one. Um, a, week, a week later, his disciples were indoors again, and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Don't be faithless, but believe. Thomas responded to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. John gave us the rest of the story. When Jesus appeared again to the disciples, the doors were locked, indicating that the disciples were still scared. They, were, they may have worried that the Jewish leaders who wanted Jesus dead were after them too. They could have been confused, not knowing what to do next. Should they simply go back to their previous careers? Do they continue to live in hiding? Into this locked room, Jesus appeared. Some biblical scholars think the doors were opened miraculously, sim- similar to Peter's miraculous escape from prison in Acts chapter 12. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. This is not the spirit of Jesus, but Jesus in flesh and blood. With his presence, Jesus gave the disciples the peace which surpasses all understanding that is mentioned in Philippians 4, 7. The peace we can, the peace only he can give. The peace the world will never understand unless they are followers of Christ, according to John 14, 27. This is yet another reminder that Jesus is our peace. Our circumstances do not indicate our peace. Jesus then turned his his attention to Thomas. He did not rebuke Thomas for his unbelief. Instead, Jesus compassionately offered him the reassurance he needed. Jesus met Thomas exactly where he was. He met Thomas with reassurance, compassion, and grace. He might, we might wonder if Thomas fell to his knees weeping as he exclaimed, My Lord and my God. This was his clear confession and his belief. Thomas seeing the scars in Jesus' hands and the wound in his side. Thomas found a new faith in Jesus, a faith that no longer included doubt or fear. Thomas and other disciples got to see firsthand what, he can't, what we can't see today. Jesus himself doing his ministry. Is Jesus still performing miracles? Absolutely. I have seen more miracles than I can count. 
I've seen people healed of cancer, marriages restored, emotional bondage broken. I have praised God for each of these amazing miracles. But Thomas and the disciples got to physically walk with Jesus as he performed these miracles. Jesus knew many believers like you and me would come after him who would be unable to see and experience what the original disciples did. So he told Thomas, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. We are still blessed even though we did not go, we did not get to walk with Jesus during his earthly ministry. So why do we believe? We trust the words and witness of those who did see Jesus alive. Disciples like Thomas, Peter underscored the witness of these, of those who saw Jesus. He appeared to seek to Cephas and then to the twelve. Then he appeared to over 500 brothers and sisters at, this, at one time. Most of them are still alive, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all of the apostles, last of all to one born at the wrong time. He also appeared to me. 1 Corinthians 15, 5-8. We don't simply believe the resurrection of Jesus happened, but it is an event that we can trust to be life-changing. All through Je the Gospels, Jesus spoke of his resurrection. He also spoke of eternal life for us. Jesus offers us a resurrected eternal life because of his own resurrection. As we saw earlier in John eleven twenty-five, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Jesus is the resurrection, and the life only comes through him comes back to belief. Will you trust the evidence you've been given? Evidence like the testimony of Thomas? If you want eternal life, trust the truth of the resurrection. Follow the words of Jesus and believe. Okay. Let's move on quickly to... Okay, we're going to skip those questions. Um... We have a sheet that I handed out to you, said I? Yes. Okay, so all evidences of the resurrection. And we have four points there that point to the ev evidence of the resurrection. And I'd uh, encourage you to slip this in your, your, oh, you need one? Get one from the back uh, for, for me, please. There's copies in the back. Okay, the stone was empty. The story of the empty tomb is found in all four Gospels and is implicit of the early church's proclamation of resurrection. And then too, it's difficult to believe that the early church would, would have fabricated the story of the resurrection and uh, then made women of the first, and, and then made women the first witnesses to the empty tomb and the resurrection, since women were not considered reliable witnesses in Jewish culture. Significant to think, to, to ponder that. And then thirdly, something incredible must have taken place on Sunday to cause Jewish believers to begin worshiping on the first day of the week instead of the Sabbath. That's when it changed, folks. And then fourth, nothing short of a miracle of the resurrection can explain the most, the post-resurrection transformation in the disciples. The biblical record indicates at the time of Jesus' arrest, they all fled. When women reported that they had seen Jesus, the men did not believe. Yet these same men were later willing to suffer persecution and martyrdom in order to preach Jesus as the resurrected Lord. Keep that for your notes and for your thoughts. Okay, we look at the board. We notice responding to the gospel. 
and this is one that we can use in our challenge to those whom we confront. Admit. Three points. Admit, believe, and confess. First of all, admit to God that you are a sinner. Repent and turn from your sin. This is easy, easy uh, outline for you to use when confronting individuals or challenging individuals with the gospel. And then believe. By faith we receive Jesus as God's Son and accept Jesus' gift of forgiveness from sin. John 3.16. The first one is Romans 3.23. All these verses I believe we know by memory. Right? And then the third one, confess. Confess your faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Okay, let's look at the final point in our book, page 103. How do we flesh this out from here? As we leave these four walls, what do we do with this lesson today? We can do nothing in our own to have eternal life. Reduced diets, living on a mountain, or even embracing religion will not get us what we need. Eternal life comes from Jesus. All we do is believe in him, trust him, and follow him. Here are some things to think about. Believe. Jesus is alive, and he invites you to follow him. If you have never trusted in Christ, place your faith in him. Read the inside cover of this book to learn how you can do this. Talk to someone in your group about your desire to believe and trust in Christ. And then to investigate. If you still wonder if the resurrection of Jesus is something we can count on, Look into, your, look into it for yourself. Many books address the reality of the resurrection, such as, and these are some books that you can probably look for, Buried Hope, A Risen Savior, The Search for Jesus, Jesus' Tome by Charles Qualls, or The Case for Christ. We're all familiar with that one, right? Case for Christ, Lee Strobel. And then share. Who has God put on your heart to hear the truth of the resurrection and eternal life? Let God use you in the life of another person. Ask God to put someone on your heart who needs to hear about this resurrection and promise of eternal life. Probably there's someone you've been, you've been uh, thinking about. Uh, that's the person that you need to look for today and, uh, or during the course of the week and share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, our time is just on the button here so we're going to wrap it up here uh, I believe we covered a lot of the uh, major stuff we needed to deal with Father thank you for the hope that we have for eternity because of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ bless us now as we leave here we pray Lord that we will leave this building but certainly not your presence we pray Father as we go into our service this morning that hearts would be stirred, challenged, and renewed and revived as a result of this glorious celebration of resurrection of our precious Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Get glory for yourself continued, we pray, in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you.